up, boys and girls, to another episode of K-Fave Comparisons. My name is Mr. Know-It-All, Daniel John Schaefer, and I am joined here once again by the spectacular vernacular, Mr. Jesse Baker. Jesse, how are you living today, bud? Man, just living, hanging out, chilling in the country. I've been watching a lot of wrestling. I've been recapping a whole bunch of Survivor Series turkey date, just style stuff, and it's amazing. I'm super stoked about doing a classic K-Fave Comparisons format episode today. I love these things. Very much missing Mr. Wex breaking the Lawson. However, that intros us into we have a very fantastic special guest once again. Yeah, she's becoming a regular in our sitcom here. She's becoming uh, the the regular occurrence. Miss Jessica Rosenberg, how are you? Tired, but I'm here. Tired. Yep. Yep. Worn out. Worn out for sure. uh, Why are you tired? Uh... Working 46 hours this week and only one day off. Yikes. Because somebody uh, quit without notice on Black Friday. That's the worst. That is the worst. Um, Man, yeah, inflation, guys. Am I right? Am I right? All right, well, let's talk about uh, today's topic. We're doing a classic comparison, an OG kayfabe comparison, if you will. Throwing it back to the season one style. Uh, back when me and the KG cast were starting this thing off oh, five seasons ago. And today we are doing Survivor Series 2002 versus Survivor Series 2022 War Games. Get the full name in there. I feel like we just got to keep adding words as time goes on, you know. Uh, soon it'll be like brought to you by Powerade, but that'll actually be in the title, you know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah, so overall thoughts. Um, let's just talk about the current stuff right now. Overall thoughts. How did you feel going into, um, this most recent survivor series, Ms. Jessica? So it was weird having the war games addition to it, which basically took that away from NXT. And it's weird. It's that there was no actual like elimination match, which is funny because, the other one that we were talking to, uh, 2002, didn't have any elimination matches either. Yeah. So it was just weird to like, like it's been so long, and uh, the war games felt like war. It was a very long time. Yeah. Very long. <laughs> very long. We can save, but... <laughs> save it for the coverage. Yeah, we'll save that for the coverage. Okay, well, Jesse, how how hype were you going into it? Were, was there anything specifically that you wanted to see on the show? I was extremely hype only because it was one of those moments where – and I feel like this is where wrestling succeeds. You're right around a holiday, and no matter whether you have a positive or negative holiday, everybody wants their escape. you know. And it, it, it's one of those things where I was very stoked to have something to dive so hard into and – the it, like that was great until I watched it, and uh, <laughs> uh, also 2002 did have an elimination match, just not a traditional Survivor Series yeah. elimination match, but they right. had two elimination matches actually. Yeah, and yeah, they were just weird. One of them was really good, and one of them was, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's like a dog whining when they don't know what they want. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, for me, I as far as as far as the current show, 
Um, I was most hype. I mean, to me, the best thing going in in the WWE period is the bloodline, like Sami Zayn thing. I think it's just it's written really well. Uh, so obviously, I was hyped about that. I was also hyped about uh, Balor and Styles too. Um, but we'll get to that for sure. Uh, everything else on the card was just kind of there for me. Um, I'm kind of in and out on the current product, honestly. So, um, the episode is over. We already did our reviews. We're good. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's more. There's good things That's to it. say. That's <laughs> it. We got plenty left to say here. So, uh, but let's get right into actually the, the 2002 show. So we're going to jump right into the kayfabe comparison here. Um, let's, uh, let's get right into it. So it's, it's 2002. Um, you know, Limp Biscuits on the radio. It's, um, you know, we're all like logging into AIM, you know, on our dial-up still. Like maybe some people had DSL. I think cable was starting to be a thing, cable internet. I'm not sure. Uh, but you had like the actual cable from like, um, you know, the back of those TVs, like the coaxial cable that went into your mm-hmm. uh, little modem thing or whatever. It was wild, man. Wild time, 2002. Spiky hair everywhere. So much hair gel. Um, so much, so many shiny pants too. Just, it was wild. Um, shiny yeah. big pants. Yeah. Shiny baggy pants. Um, so let's get right into it though. The, the first match here is Spike and Bubba Dudley and Jeff Hardy, uh, versus three minute warning and Rico. Um, Jesse, give me your rundown of what you felt about this tables elimination match. I gotta say, first of all, that, you know, it's in Madison square garden and it's in November which is perfect for WWF at the time. And it's, you know, you got to keep in mind, very, a lot of recent changes that happened, mostly including saliva being the theme song yet again, that band just got so much shine from yeah the old, the old E and whatnot. It is crazy. The, uh, the hard cam tables, like the commentary tables were weird because of the hard cam, like the way the layout was, Everything was very strange, and that's the first thing I noticed because I'm a fucking dork. But I expected in re-watching this match for it to be really bad, and I couldn't have been more wrong. I mean, there were so many spots that were absolutely incredible. Everyone worked. The crowd was super into it, which, you know, for an opening match, they're going to be into it. But, like, my God, I I just – I really thought this was – Nothing less than an absolute illustration of a fantastic opening match. You look at certain things. One of the things I noticed most about this match was like looking at Rosie and realizing in certain instances how much he looks like Roman. There were a couple of just oh, yeah. like a, a weird turns where you're like, fuck. Like, it, like obviously you can tell now, but there, yeah. it was absolutely insane. The... 3D through the table for the win. This was an elimination match, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Just not a traditional elimination match. Right. Just left Jeff, out the word traditional, but yes. <laughs> you mean same wavelength, missed a word per use. <laughs> you know, it happens that way sometimes. Yeah. But Jeff off the vomitorium onto Rosie was a super big deal. Mm-hmm. I gave this one four and a half beers, man. Like I thought it was a great opener. I thought it set the wow. pace. I thought it was very exemplary of mm-hmm. 2002 in the sense that you don't expect them to deliver. And I got to it, it fucking did, man. And like Rico, I don't yeah. understand why that dude wasn't pushed better. He had a great physique. He obviously was a decent worker. He understood communicating with the crowd. It was just a shit gimmick. 
Yeah, that was a terrible gimmick for sure. I mean, I think that's, I mean, the gimmick itself just had a ceiling, especially in 2002. Honestly, I feel like that character would do significantly better now. Um, And he'd be booked as a baby face, like, easily. Um, but Fandango before Fandango, you know? Yeah. 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 Uh, honestly, it's more, yeah. Kind of like a gold dust Fandango blend, but, um, Jessica, what do you think about that opening match? Um, anytime, uh, like tables and ladders are involved, I'm into it. I love people getting smacked into stuff. I love people breaking stuff. Does the body good. It makes good sounds. It's, it's just kind of like what I think of when I think of wrestling, like, um, I plus like I loved how you had the Dudleys together in the same ring working with Jeff Hardy. Like, dude, like they just fucking take so many hits, and it's like mm-hmm. well, also Devon, like the reuniting, like Devon running out the end. Yeah. Yeah, no, I yeah, and like the you know, they're the boys are my boys. Like, I wouldn't have dressed up as them if I didn't love them so much. Yeah. Like, so it was like that, like that was definitely a pop. And so it it was like, it just feels more like wrestling, like getting into like the, the, like when we talk about the women's match and like the way that that went, like this was just much more entertaining with the way that the like tables and weapons and things like that were placed around. And like, it just flew a lot better. It was more, it was like really entertaining to watch, you know, thinking back as a kid or not really a kid, but like a teenager at that point. And then watching it as like, you know, almost 40 year old adult, like it's still that same excitement. So I said four beers. That's not far off. Yeah. 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 That's not far. I mean, we're all, we're all kind of right there. Like I went, I went three and a half. Um, I really liked it, but I did feel kind of feel like the the amalgamation of how we got there. Like it was definitely like, hey, we need a strong opener to kick off a major show. Um, let's let's put these guys that are really great with not a whole lot of story going on right now and put them into this match. Um, that that being said, like obviously, like 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 every like you all said here, like I mean, the work rate was better than it had any business being. Like it, yeah. like when, on paper, you're like, this is not gonna be. Like, this is going to be a filler match. Like, I'm going to see some cool spots, but that was it. But the cool spots were so good that it exceeded the less than valuable storyline. You know what I mean? Uh, I do think that Rico looked really good here. I Like, maybe because the gimmick was such trash that I never really truly paid attention to him in the ring or, like, his actual promo work to actually grade him fairly. Um, but I never really had the sense like that he should have been pushed. Maybe he should have. And I just overlooked it. Uh, cause he definitely showed it in this match. I thought it was very, very good. You know, uh, really, uh, he did a lot of really good shit in OVW that, oh, yeah. okay. you know, and, and like when OVW existed in that way, no one knew, you know, right. Like, yeah. So it, it, it is what yeah. it is, but like he, like he definitely had better potential and the gimmick yeah. killed him. The gimmick killed him. Like there was nothing else. The best thing he ever did was managing Billy and Chuck. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, but I mean, I think he was kind of key to that presentation as well. Um, yeah, let's jump over here to the the current day show. And the opening match here is going to be the women's war games match. Whew. So we're going to work backwards here and I'm just going to dive right in. Uh, this was ugly. Like this match was ugly, ugly. This was a uh, VFW hall level work rate. Like it just wasn't. And, and like, honestly, too, it's like all of these women, all of them were 
have been in fantastic matches. Like they can all wrestle. Like I'm not disparaging the, their wrestling ability, but like this was not put together well at all. Like whoever the agent of this match was should be fired. It was not good at it. Like the, the, the flow of it made no sense. The only decent spot that I actually really enjoyed was the, the Bailey and, um, and Lynch square off. And then the massive, like, you know, tower of pain in the corner. That was a cool spot. Uh, yeah. but I, I feel like the weapons really cluttered it. Like the actual visual of, of it just felt messy and it felt like they didn't have room to move around. And with two rings, that's ludicrous. Like there's way too much stuff in there. Um, I mean like EOS guy, I think is pound for pound. One of the best professional wrestlers period. Like I think she's incredibly good and she had a terrible showing. Like it was just, just too many slips mishaps. Maybe there was too much baby oil on, on the ropes. Who knows? We'll use the Brock Lesnar excuse there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it got a beer and a half for me. It, I, I, it really underwhelmed. I expected it to be way better. Did not enjoy it at all. Jessica, what'd you think? Um, like when I was telling Jesse, when we were, uh, you know, texting during while you're we watching it, like I had so much hope and then it just kept going. Yeah. It was 40 minutes, like just shy of 40 minutes. And to me, it was like watching the best dancers get together and do a group number for the first time. Yeah. You yeah. know, like not everybody is on the same level. Not everybody yeah. has the moves down. And it yeah. was it was a mess. There were some really good spots. The time that it took, like each person grabbing a weapon, throwing it in, like why, like it was cluttery, like it was hot, it was messy. Um, I think my favorite part of it though, um, was <laughs> the part where uh, the announcer goes, "I don't think Nikki Cross understands the uh, like the importance of this match or like the way the match is supposed to go." I I can't remember exactly what I said, but I was cracking up so hard. Because she's just, like, in her own little world. And I, whether or not that was, like, necessary really caught me up. Because I was paying attention to her more, like, yeah. fuck off than anything. And then everybody's, like, getting squashed and bent over and turned around. Uh, Rhea yeah. was the best part of it for me. Yeah. I, um, three beers, but I didn't enjoy the third one. Okay. So the third one was warm because it took so long yeah, to get to it. Yeah, it took so long <laughs> to drink it because I'm, like, having to watch it. Yeah. That's fair. Jesse, where are you at on this women's war games match? Man. Uh, so the producers were Tyson Kidd and Petey Williams. And that makes me so much more mad because yeah, there's no business for it to be no what it was. They, no. Everybody took too much time grabbing weapons. It was fucking terrible. That whole thing alone – killed the match and you know there was a comment earlier about hey it's cold there's no story and to be honest it's cold and there's no story yeah like the none of these people had issues with each other that were a consistent awesome build yeah like it may like the becky thing added a little bit of fire to it and outside of that there wouldn't have been any the nikki cross thing and the reason that that bothered me was the man advantage in war games. And then you're just sitting there. Yeah. You're yeah. sitting on the turnbuckle while your team has the last advantage that it has while you're five on four. 
and you yeah. waste a fucking entire minute. Yeah. Like, what's so the purpose? It, it makes absolutely no sense. My first two notes that I took on this match where I'm definitely not mad that I'm still cooking and I can hear Jim Cornette from here. Oh yeah. Those yeah. are the, the, like the first two things uh, I gave it a beer and a half. And to be honest, I gave it an entire beer only from the mist and DDT spot. And then the other half was really just the fact that obviously people were working. I just don't think it was produced. Well, I mean, it was a mess. It, like it, the whole thing was ugly and terrible. And it, like, mm-hmm. if you want to talk about coming out with a strong opener, man, they did not do that and yeah. it, to me it was a it, it was a slight on everyone yeah yeah for sure and i mean even with the clutter if it had just had like a little bit more tempo and like maybe 10 minutes like 10 a whole minutes less long it might have been great if it had just been half an hour it might have been great um what should yeah. happen is when the 10th participant came in it should have ended right then yeah yeah, yeah. for sure um, hopping back over to the nostalgia show here. We got a uh, Stacy Keebler checking in from WWE in New York and there's just so much denim. Um, it's a, it's a wild time in the world. Luckily, Saliva there plays little the theme song. Stacey Keebler. Cause that, I mean, come on, you yeah, know, we, we're talking yeah, 2002. We, I was, I was prime into that. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. But denim would not have been my first choice. Um, I will say that uh, Saliva got a little bit more shine because I don't know if we heard enough of them before we got to this point in the show. But Saliva gets a whole like concert essentially on pay-per-view, which makes no sense. I don't imagine they would sell many pay-per-views if they were uh, putting on a concert. But um, the next the next match here is Jamie Noble versus Billy Kidman for the WWE Cruiserweight Championship. Uh, Jesse, what do you think about this one? I gave it three and a half. I absolutely – first of all – I hated the change to Kidman's intro and his look. And I like, I'm not advocating for anybody wrestling in jorts or whatever, but like when he came at, at that point in time, everybody knew him that way. Mm-hmm. We're fresh off WCW still. I don't care that it's a year and a half later. It, like, we still are fresh off. And the tights were nondescript. It just looked weird. Mm-hmm. I will say the Taz commentary was absolutely golden. Jamie Noble. I can't say enough good things about Jamie Noble. Like, yeah. I, I still think that his sequences and things at that, like during that point in time, were absolutely fucking phenomenal. And I, and hopefully he does. They've said he's coming out of retirement for a house show. It would be cool to actually be able to see a televised match from Jamie Noble one more time. I really do think so. The uh, Oshigiroshi by Kidman was pretty cool. There's a, you know, there were a ton of great spots in this match. I mean, they're working a WCW cruiserweight style and we weren't used to really seeing all of that. I thought it was great. The shooting star press, you know, I, I loved, I love Kidman shooting star press because it was so close in. It was so like tightly done. And and to this day, it's still kind of the weirdest one you ever see because every bit it's like right there. Yeah. Like, I don't know. There's something about that. That's always going to hit me, but yes, three and a half. I thought this was great. I thought it was a perfect, follow up to like keeping the crowd hype and everybody being really excited about what happened with the opening match that nobody was supposed to care about again, work rate. Yeah. Through the roof. Yeah. I hear you. Jessica, what'd you think about it? So this one was one that I didn't really remember, but Jamie Noble's great. So, um, I didn't get a chance to rewatch this match. So just remembering Jamie Noble and how like, it would be good to see him wrestle again, like Jesse said. 
Um, I mean, Billy Kidman's great. Uh, they're both memorable for their own reason, but I don't really remember the match. Yeah. So based on that, like if it if it's not one that really sticks out to me, I'd probably go like two and a half beers. Yeah, that's a, that's a solid assessment. Um, I went I actually went two and three quarters um, just because I felt the chemistry was great. Uh, but this was a and they worked really hard and the, the match was good. I think this this match a thousand percent suffers from where it was placed on the card. Like if it was in a different spot, I would probably have rated it higher just because. But this was definitely the palate cleanser after such an incredible opener that like it, it had too much to follow. I mean, I mean, it was it was high. It was, it was impactful. Like if you literally flipped these matches and just had this open the show and then had the tables match, I feel like it, we'd be talking about it differently completely. Um but yeah, I mean, it's not their fault. The the work was good. Uh, I think Nidia was underrated. I think I actually loved the Nidia Jamie Noble package. I think that's it was great. gross and nasty and hillbilly and like I think that that fits in literally any like you could it would work today. It would work ten years ago, twenty years ago, fifty years ago. Like this trailer trash gimmick would work no matter what. It's kind of silly that no one else is doing it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Solid bell to bell, two and three quarters for me. Uh, let's jump back over here to the current day show. And uh, the next match on the card here is Finn Balor versus AJ Styles. Um, I thought the match was really, really good, bell to bell. I just thought it was so – I think we're three years too late for the match. You know what I mean? Like um, <laughs> the match was great. Like, uh, I mean, it it got a pretty good place on the card. Um, it, the work rate was really good. Some really good false finishes. But literally this match would have meant so much more two or three years ago than it does now. It's just, it doesn't have the same weight. Um, just because AJ Styles wasn't really booked very well since the pandemic, honestly. And, um, I mean, and Finn Balor is like, and he's kind of coming back up and honestly, like I'm getting kind of used to this, this Finn and I'm, I'm getting okay with it. I just hate the judgment day name. And I think the, the look of it's weird, but I feel like it could be booked and I feel like it could be like just a little less cheese, like just make it a little bit more serious. And it would be better to not be so cartoony. Um, neither here nor there. I thought the match was really good. Um, again, just just too late. Um, so for me, I gave it three and a half. It was above average for sure. Um, but it wasn't, you know, it just just too little too late, I think. Um, Miss Jessica, what do you think about this one? I think if like five to seven year ago, Jessica probably would have given it like four and a half years you know like yeah. i completely agree with you like i kind of would have loved to seen something like this you know especially with like finn baylor taking over judgment day mm -hmm. and how it evolved after that like yeah like you said finn's not really where he was like everybody's not really where they were like pre-pandemic yeah and like except for rhea ripley yeah I, yes but she wasn't – I don't even think – she didn't even make it down there during the match because it was right after hers, right? So, like, yeah, excluding like, her – They went out without she, Mia, and the club went out without Mia. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, like, not, I think, to be honest, they – both of the women are needed out there every single time to, like, yeah. bring in some freshness to it because mm -hmm. otherwise it does feel like – too little, too late. So I think now I'd probably say, you know, the work was good. Three and a half for me, I guess. Yeah. Yep. Sounds good. Jesse, where are you at on it? The main reason I didn't dig it is because 
again, uh, this to me suffers exactly what we were talking about with the last match, which is the placement. I honest mm-hmm. to goodness, I, like the crowd was dead for what I felt like between the two was a really great wrestling match. And the biggest pop that you heard the entire time was the gaga of the other people on the outside being involved. Yeah. Like if anything, there should have been an orchestrated war games. That was a four on four instead of what happened previous to this. Agreed. Yeah. Like the, totally like, it, it's just one of those things. I mean, AJ and Finn are never going to put on a bad match. That's just the fucking truth. They put on a really great wrestling match. If you're looking at it from the stand uh, standpoint of psychology or anything else, there were really great sequences and everything, but the biggest point where the crowd was actually giving a shit because of all the gaga that happened before, the biggest point was just the other people getting involved. Yeah, that's what they were led to believe that they were that they needed to care about. And yeah. if you're listening to the crowd, which is what you're supposed to do as you're booking stuff, this was just put in the worst possible fucking spot. Yeah, um, I felt like it was a great match between both of them. I I don't know that people necessarily cared. But at the same time, like, it's just there was there there were some weird there were some weird things. I think the booking made sense. The placement fucking hurt it really bad. I gave it three. I gave it right down the middle. I can't I can't fault the dudes for the work. Like they put the work in. If you watch that match in a vacuum, it's fucking great. Yeah. Like yeah. It, it just couldn't overcome what every like the rest of everything else that happened, and. I will say that it's also kind of not a great sign for WWE that they're consistently having to reference the past of yeah. what happened with the Bullet Club and all this other stuff. And I know that they're working on relationships in New Japan, like all that stuff's out there at the moment. Yeah. But like, it's just not, man. Like, if that's what you have to rely on, that's bad news, man. No, I agree. I fully agree. But I also think that like. I, I I don't I don't think that WWE is in a position where they they need to work with New Japan to to continue to have things. I I don't think it's a situation. I don't think it's that drastic. Um, but I do but I do fully agree with everything you said though. Like I mean I mean the the interest level and and wanting to get the New Japan side of it even even if it is just for the internet fans even if it is for just people like us. Like I think the value there is going to be more in NXT and that's how they're going to use that. But I, well, well, here's why I think they need New Japan is to bring the people back that they wanted to bring back. Yeah, that makes sense. Like yeah. not only fans, but talent. Sure. Yeah, like, that makes sense. It, it, it's like if our only detriment was options. Yeah. Let's yeah. undo that. Right. And I mean, they were already working on a Japan deal. They were already working for like on a whole lot of other things. And if everybody's talking about the backstage attitude and the mental attitude being better under Paul, then why wouldn't they go there? Yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree. Let's jump over here to the uh, the nostalgia show again. We got a great little promo from Angle and Benoit in the back. Uh, then we get a creepy security cam thing of Victoria's <laughs> dressing room. Uh, that's just strange. Why is the camera there? Yeah, it's real, real creepy. Uh, and then we get a Victoria and Trish uh, package, which I, the promo package was actually really, really great. Um, dude, you know, this, dude, fucking David Sahadi, like, yeah, you're still getting great. that. It's very Those good. Packages are tremendous. Yeah, production level was was top notch. Um, and then that damn bell had to ring. Um, it's yeah. a hardcore match, Victoria versus Trish Stratus. They tried really hard. Um, it didn't work. It just the chemistry between those two, like, 
Victoria's great, and she had some really great matches. Maybe even like a year after this, like 03, 04 was kind of her prime. I'd argue that Trish was probably 05, 06. Um, but, man, like they both became really great. They were not great at this point. The crowd was hot for this match, uh, but it was not good. Uh, I did give it one beer because the crowd popped for like a bunch of stuff, and it was real sloppy. Um, I don't know, just weird hardcore match. Didn't It's 2002, man. It's 2002. Um, Jessica, what do you think about this one? Um, it, it could definitely could have been better. Like anytime women are down to do a hardcore match, that's going to be a pop for me because you, it's not really something that's always been a thing or like, you know, televised thing. It's, you know, more of a TNA thing than, you know, getting the shit kicked out of you. Yeah. So, um, ew, it just was kind of blah. Um, Victoria's great. Uh, I'm, I've always gone kind of back and forth on how I feel about Trish Stratus as far as her work goes. So I, I would say a beer. Okay. Fair Solid enough. Beer. Jesse, where are you at on it? Man, I like the idea of the match more than I like the match. Yeah, and, that makes sense. So I did go a full two beers. I got to say they were trying to do something different. Yeah. If you look at what they were doing at the point in time, this – these are two people that voluntarily did offer to try and push their division past what it was. Yeah. And it wasn't at the point that they could have done it the same way. Like you, you couldn't walk in and be like, we're going to put on a clinic. Yeah. Like we just came out of brawn panties matches just now. Yeah. So it, like now we're trying to do a hardcore match. They tried, there was some slop, don't get me wrong, but they also continued to storyline throughout the match. Yeah. They brought the mirror thing back up during yeah. the match, like in ring. And it yeah. was organic. Yeah. And to me, that was well done. Like, I don't, I can't fault the talent. I can't, I mean, it, it, obviously it's hard to watch, but like it, this is the beginnings of what brought the women's division to the table. So yeah. for me, it's a, it, at least a full two. I, I kind of regret not rating it higher, but it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's yeah, I agree. The booking was they were trying. They were definitely trying to put um, more emphasis on the women's division 20 years ago. And here we are 20 years later um, and in the same spot on the card. It's uh, SmackDown Women's Championship match. It's Shotzi versus Ronda Rousey. Uh, match was garbage. It was a garbage match. It was not good at all. They've completely ruined Shotzi Blackheart. I feel like she is like... You know those, um, like in the newspaper, those old school like comic strips, and like the way they like the over the top like soft cartoony like they would write like punk rock people like that. You know what I'm talking about? Like that is what they've done to her. Like she is the most like beanie baby punk rock girl, and she poses no like there's nothing compelling or like makes you feel like she can win anything because they never give her anything ever. Like it's like she was and Rousey like. We've seen that she can have good matches with other really good opponents, but her promos are not good at all. And when she has to carry, it's terrible, terrible. She cannot be a heel and nobody wants her to be as a baby face. So to me, it's just this is like this has got Ronda Rousey, I think, is done. I don't think she has any more intrinsic value. Um, I know they're really trying to get more out of her with this heel run, but it's not going to work. It's just not going to work. Um, and yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, I, get, I got a big old dud on this one. Big old goose egg from me. I gave it I gave it nothing at all. I, I feel like it could have just not had this match on the card and the show would have been better. Um, Jesse, what do you think? So I was talking to Jessica not only while this match was going on, but particularly after. And uh, it, my notes are exactly what I said, which was I literally was mad that I sat through it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At the end of the yeah. day, here's what sucks. I've been a fan of Shotzi for a long time. I And I watched her on like Midwest Indies where – she was inventing cards that made so much sense for so many stars that we know now. And like, I don't think any part of this has been Shotzi's fault. No. Had they kept Shotzi in NXT, she would be the biggest rating that they had. Yeah. And it, like, you could lose the tank. I'm a fan of that. Yeah. <laughs> like the power out- wheel tank. Like, yeah. But outside of that, it's like with the rest of it, man, it's, she works well. She knows what needs to happen in the ring. And yeah. obviously she is kind of in that Darby Allen way, a suicidal person when it comes to how she presents herself and how she wrestles. All of those things can work. They just haven't let them. And yeah. Ronda Rousey is 100% responsible for every botch that happened throughout this yeah. entire match both taking and selling moves. Mm-hmm. Ronda Rousey did wasn't much selling part. on her part, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like uh, there's that, but it, it, every single part of it, she didn't want to sell. No, like all of those botches that happened are fucking terrible because she didn't want to fucking go through it. The problem is Fox wants Ronda Rousey. Yeah. And it's so the heat for all of it is going to go to Shotzi and as far as the network. And we know how that goes. And that fucking blows because in all honesty, Ronda Rousey has no place being where she's at. It's good that they made her a heel because her fucking face just looks like she's an asshole. That's they needed to have her be a heel, but clearly someone told her work on the crowd. She was too busy talking to concentrate on anything that she did. Right. Like that's because she can't because as a heel, you need to be the, the pr- pr- really proficient in the ring as a heel. You actually have way more offense. You have way more offense. Baby faces have a few spots and they sell. That's what you're supposed to do. And exactly. that's what she did. Like the hurt, like the stuff that she did with Charlotte, you guys can say what you want about Rousey, say what you want about Charlotte, but those matches were good. Bell yeah, to bell. They were good matches. Busy fucking yammering at everybody to pay attention to what was going on. Yeah, exactly. I agree. I agree. But like it's it's to me, it's sad because I do still fully believe that Shotzi has all of the bones to make it in any regard. I think he'll face whatever. I think there are plenty of opportunities for that person to be a big, big, big star. But yes, this was a dud. I was mad that I sat through it and I gave it a zero as well. Fully agreed. Put Shotzi Black in NXT. Turn her heel, have her take over Mandy Rose's toxic attraction, and then have Mandy Rose turn face because of it. That's a feud built in. I feel like her leading toxic attraction would be great. They could keep the name. It'd be awesome. They'd be it's also a, money. Yeah, it's money. It would work really well. Um, have Mandy Rose be the you know pretty girl baby face that's fighting from underneath. Whatever you know. Let's um, talk about the uh, little underlying egg in the room, which is that one of the producers of this match was the Brian Kendrick. Oh, nice who was not supposed to be brought back. It was a test thing and he got taken off of his very sole <laughs> AEW appearance because of all the anti-Semitic and Holocaust denier things yeah. that 
he had said over that point in time. Yeah. So. Jessica, what do yep. you think about this, uh, this match? Um, I don't get why. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of thought you were going to end there. <laughs> I mean, I very well could have. Um, I, uh, stink, stink, stunk is literally what I said when the match ended. Um, you can't talk shit and botch moves at the same time. Yeah. Um, I don't know why Shayna is her mouthpiece. Like, her yeah. partnered up with her. That doesn't make sense. Like, they both have the same faces. Like, yeah. neither of them can really talk. Yeah. So, it's it's weird for me. Like, I like Shayna. I want to be by herself. Go dominate something. There's 12 heads between the two of them, is all I'm going to say. I mean, like, it, I... I couldn't even, I was too busy talking shit about Ronda Rousey to even drink a beer. So it's zero beers. Zero beers. Man. We go, we go the triple way. We the all triple do. egg, the triple egg. Here we go, man. Um, let's, let's hop over to the uh, nostalgia show. Um, I didn't give it a goose egg, but it wasn't the greatest thing I'd ever seen. It's big show versus Brock Lesnar versus De- for the WWE championship. Uh, it's big meaty men slapping meat. It's short. <laughs> Um, which is nice, um, but uh, the crowd went crazy w- when Heyman betrayed Lesnar. This act, this match actually reminded me of like kind of the way they booked uh, the the first Goldberg match when he came back and beat Lesnar. Like the only good thing that they ever did with him ever. Uh, it's like the match was short, and so like it was pretty decent. And the, I mean, like now we know what happened, and so it takes a little away from the shock, obviously. But Heyman betraying Lesnar at this point was a massive deal. Like I remember that being a big whoa moment. And I honestly feel like this put this is probably Big Show's most high profile angle of his entire career, in my opinion, mm. including like the celebrity stuff with floor. Like this is the the biggest like, OK, we'll give you the ball this time. And I think he did it pretty well, actually. Um, I thought it was booked really well when, you know, the match isn't going to be athletically great. Um, so for me, I went straight down the middle. It wasn't great. It wasn't. But it wasn't bad. It was just three beers right down the middle, split the six pack in half. That's how I felt about uh, Big Show versus Brock. Uh, Jessica, what do you think? Um, I love Big Show. I had a big crush on him when I was younger. Um, so I really remember this match. I've, I've never liked Brock Lesnar ever, but I love Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman, you put Paul Heyman with anybody, it's magic. Yeah. Um, anything that he's present for automatically makes it better. So I, too, would say three beers, like... Yeah, that's I, that's all I could say. Nice. Jesse, where are you at on Brock versus show here? I got to say that uh, <clears throat> this apparently Brock's rib injury was legit. Yeah. And that he like actually during that entire match very easily could have been put in a position that it was going to not end well for him. They could have punctured a lot. It could have done a lot of things. Brock still worked it. Yeah. Very impressive. The fact that he lifted show for an F5 while having a collapsed rib, like, yeah, come on, man. Oh, yeah. No, he's a beast. I mean, there's that's no pun intended. (laughs) That dude is 
definitely like no one's doubting his actual power. <laughs> but right. at that point in time, it's still kind of untested. You know what I oh, mean? Totally. Like, yeah, yeah. At that point in time, it was one. It, so I'm trying to look at it in a vacuum. But even right. later, like even 20 years later, it's like hard not to give him all of the flowers. Yeah. For the fact that he actually went through with that, did that. The Heyman thing. Come on, man. Like no one. This is the definition of the angle where everybody is like, no one could have guessed. And yeah. It's not about the winner. It's right. about no one could have guessed that Heyman would have backed somebody like fucking yeah. Big Show. Yep. Like it's just it, yep. like it, it just yeah. It, you know it it made no sense, and that's why it made the best sense. Yeah. And I I did also. This is our. This is another triple. We all gave it three. We all nice. went right down the middle. Work rate obviously wasn't amazing, but I got to give Brock his credit, man. Like this, yeah. this was a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, it was booked really well. Like, I mean, they I think they only went like six minutes, but it was perfect. Like, that was the yeah. perfect amount of time for those dudes. They kept it moving. Like, it wasn't slow. It didn't feel slow. Um, it was good. It was very good. The only um, thing I didn't like about it was when they turned tail from the building and tried to do yet again WWE trying to capitalize on fucking the Montreal thing where everybody's like, we're leaving the building. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a little, yeah. little much. Yeah. A little much. But, um, yeah, let's jump back over here to the current day show. We did get an ad for NXT deadline, which actually looks pretty good. I'm, I mean, now that, um, I think HBK has got a little bit more free reign over what he wants to do. I can, I mean, the coming up with new ideas for matches. I feel like that's going to be the really interesting part of the HBK NXT era. Uh, because I mean, let's face it, like this isn't me just being, um, you know, one sided here, like NXT talent wise is not nearly as good as it was five, six, seven, eight years ago. Um, so like with the talent they have, I'm not saying that there's not going to be a good, decent crop of wrestlers that will wrestle on the show for a long time, but I don't think we're finding any new John Cena's with this badge, any new Roman Reigns is even, I don't think, or Rollins is not, there's no one like that in this batch. Um, so to me, for people on Tuesday that they announced that we're going to come out, they just yeah. brought veterans back to announce who is going to be a part of it. Right. Like, right. And I think they should do that. I mean, I, I don't I, I don't see a reason to not, you know, like we said, Shotzi. But I mean, even, even guys like that have been off TV for a while, like Bobby Roode, like put him back up, put him back down there. Like, I mean, what 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 can I hurt? He's that dude's not trying to, you know, go. I think he, he, the idea that I don't think Bobby Roode in his mind is like, you know what? I think I still got a WrestleMania main event in my future. You know what I'm saying? Like he but he's still a great wrestler. He can teach those kids probably a lot better than what they're working now. I mean, we got to get rid of guys like Vaughn Wagner. Jesus, it's Van Hammer Part Two. It's just the worst. <laughs> it even sounds like it. Like it, he looks like him. He moves like him. It's just, ugh, it's rough. Um, after the ad for an NXT deadline, we did get a Sammy Reigns segment in the back. These two dudes are some of the best talkers in the company, if not two of the best talkers in the business. Um, and you know how we like we go back and we think about eras, and there's like there's inevitably matches, but there's mostly like promos and like backstage segments that stick out from like times in wrestling. And like this, this bloodline Sami Zayn thing is a generational thing. Like, like this will be remembered as an era of like the mm. Uso bloodline Sami Zayn thing. It's that good. Like the actual, um, you know, like the sports entertainment part of this is really, really good. I mean, it's WWE doing WWE things at the best level. This is really, really good. Um, the next match here. Mm. Not, not, not the worst. Might, might actually be. I think I, actually, it's one of my highest-rated matches on the card. Um, but just 
the angle of it's not so great. Uh, Bobby Lashley versus Austin Theory versus Rollins. I'd much rather this honestly have just been Theory versus Rollins. Maybe even throw Lashley in there for a dirty finish or even like a false finish or something. But uh, triple threat just didn't make sense with these guys. Um, I will say that Lashley did his role well. He got taken out kind of early, and most of the match was Theory and Rollins, which was good. I mean, their belt-to-belt chemistry is there. I think that there's a a really good feud there uh, with, with Rollins being a baby face again, but still being cocky, you know, Seth freaking Rollins. I love that. Um, Austin theory has natural heat. Everybody hates the kid, but he can work and who better to like elevate you and make you even better than Seth Rollins. Um, that being said, the match was a little above average to me, but not too far. I'd say three and three quarter beers for me. Um, I'd say that the finish was great. I loved it. It was just, just a clean finish. That was nice. Um, but yeah, three and three quarter beers. That's where I'm at with it. Ms. Jessica, what do you think? Um, I think Jesse and I both agreed, like, it's like an overbooked three-way, right? So, I... I'm we all know t- how those go. Give Bobby some retirement. I'm so tired of seeing him. And I'm glad he left early. But it's like, why are you there? Yeah. It's like, it's almost insulting to Bobby. Yeah. Because it's like, he's like, I'm still here. I like, I keep getting robbed from this shot. And it's, it's like, you know, it's like the guy, uh, you know, glory days, you know, it's just like my guy, I feel bad for you. Yeah. And I don't want to see you in the ring because it makes me feel bad. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's still absolutely talented, but if it, it yeah. feels he feels lost, you know, like where like where does he actually fall in line with the story? Yeah. Um, Austin Theory, hate the kid, think he's gonna do great. And I hate admitting that, but here we are. <laughs> yeah. I do respect where he's like he's basically like literally like don't call me kid or whatever anymore. And I literally just did, so sorry. Um but like <laughs> when there's no, you know, like you're genuinely sorry. Yeah. yeah, I my bad, my guy, little yeah. dude. But um, you know, with with Seth Rollins, I I love him. I <laughs> I keep seeing him the next night in the that Lacey number. Like that's cute. I that's what I keep thinking about because that's like all I've seen this week. Um. Yeah. But so I would say I'd say about a three, just because it it should have just been Theory and Rollins. And uh, I can't really go much higher than that. But I feel like three is being gracious. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. I liked it a little bit better than that, but I understand. Jesse, where are you at? Man, uh, to be honest, I hated it. I hated the whole thing. I, I, I have an aversion to wrestlers that have never had their own finisher. If you've been in the game for long enough and you've had multiple different finishing moves – and all you've had were other people's finishing moves. It means no one sees anything other than a look. And Bobby Lashley is the example. Yeah. It's like, sorry, buddy, the dominator, the spear, the fucking hurt lock. Yeah. They're all other people's shit. And it's because you honestly aren't enough of your own level of talent to do anything different. It's one thing to see Seth Rollins use a pedigree, but that's not his only finisher. And it never was. Yeah. It made a statement at the time that it did. I hate Bobby Lashley as a 
professional wrestling performer. I think it's tired. I think it makes absolutely zero sense. I get that he looks great. If he's not Goldberg, he's not Goldberg. You didn't capitalize on it at the point in time that you should have. Leave him fucking out of everything. He's just not it, – it, it's – I know it sounds crazy to say, but Bobby Lashley to me is fucking vanilla. Yeah. And I, I just – I don't dig it. Uh, Theory I think has a future, obviously. Rollins – I don't understand why they haven't figured out how to put him in a different state. Uh, and this is what sucks too. I think that they're trying to use like what they probably think is Rollins dust. Yeah. On I theory. I fully agree. And that sucks because I don't think it minute, does. I think it sucks because the minute that there's dust, it means that he ain't in the top realm. Anymore. No, that's silly. I think I, I think I think that we're in a, we're in a situation now where like they've got this Roman thing just going too too long, and it has to be a massive thing. And like I don't like it'd be great for the for the everyday fan to get Rollins to to you know win maybe even just one of the titles off of of, of Reigns, but it, it, we're we're so far into this bloodline thing that it has to be like it can't even be Sammy. It has to be like. It has to be Rock, or it has to be Cena, or it has to be Austin. Or it has to be. It has to be something massive. Well, it has Even to be. If they only have it for a short time. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, but I also think that R- Rollins is. A, I mean, no one is doubting that Rollins is a main event guy. Like he has the U.S. title because there's no. Like there's no more. There's just no room at the top right now. There, he that will change have soon. The U.S. title. Yeah. It, well, yeah, but you know what I mean. But w- he's in the U.S. title picture. Is what I'm saying. Like he's he's in the U.S. title picture because of. Roman Reigns in this dominant run that he's on. It's not, it's not because they're like not booking him well. And it's not because they're not giving, I mean, the whole run with Cody, he lost three times in a row and it was amazing. I mean, amazing matches, like, like legendary, legendary matches in my opinion. But like, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I, I, I agree with what you're saying, but I have a more positive outlook on it. I, think. I just think they, I, I think they put him out to pasture. You think they put Rollins out to pasture? Yeah. Okay. I think, it, well. I, I think that either that or I mean, again, I'm a fan of let it play out, but yeah. it it seems to me as though they put him out to pasture. I gave this match a beer and a half. Ugh. I was way lower than both of you. That's crazy. That's crazy to me. It's crazy, I Jesse. Mean, it, it, I mean, again, watching it in a vacuum, maybe not, but especially watching it where it was placed, didn't dig. Yeah. Uh, let's jump over here to the nostalgia show. Um, we got our semi-main here, and this is my match of the night, I believe. Um, my match it's, of both nights. It, yeah, it's it's Los Guerreros versus Benoit Angle versus Ray and Edge for the WWE Tag Team titles. Um, by far the best wrestling match on this card. Um, I, I did really like the format, too, of having just two guys in at a time. It definitely helped the work rate. Uh, I thought Kurt and Ray both really stood out, and this is like peak for both of them. I mean, Ray's, you know, not quite the same as he was. Not that he's lost a ton of steps, but he's not the same as he was here, and he was really good here. Um, and you can't, I mean, listen, you can't argue with how good Benoit was bell to bell, and these, I mean, his performance was fantastic. Um, Eddie, Benoit, and Edge had like some awesome modern day exchanges. Like they, they, are, they had like a good solid two or three minute run that could have been on Dynamite, like and it would have all fit in. And this was 20 years ago. Um, it was just, it was really good, man. The match was great. The booking between angle and Benoit was also really good. The way they continued the story in the match. 
Uh, really well put together. Guerrero's win by cheating, of course. It's just good, good booking, good wrestling. It's the way it's supposed to be. Um, I gave it four and a half, four and three quarter beers. So almost five. Really, really enjoyed this one. Um, best wrestling match for probably both. Best wrestling match. I didn't say my highest rated, but best wrestling match. Um, yeah, Jesse, what do you think about this uh, tag team championship uh, elimination match? I went with your first rating, which is four and a half. Um, <laughs> I this is my highest rated match out of both cards. I thought it was absolutely amazing. I mean, the pacing. Obviously, not a fan of multi-man matches, but like having the respect to be able to pace it the way that they did. My God, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. They continue to tell a story. You have five out of six members that are world champions, formerly. And the only reason that Chavo Guerrero wasn't, and I know he's ECW champ, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> it's, yeah. But it was absolutely great. Everything was. Every sequence was fucking fantastic. The pacing at the very tail end could have improved, but overall, a fantastic match. And I... Couldn't say anything better about either card. Nice. Ms. Jessica, what do you think about this one? Um, These guys know how to work. They know what they're doing. They work all really work well together. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cool, like, going back and remembering the history that Edge and Rey Mysterio have after, like, watching the stuff that had happened, you know, this past year. So that was – it, it felt a little bit more nostalgic. You know, like it was it was it was kind of nice. So that actually kind of bumped up the enjoyment level I had going back to watch it. So I said um, four beers. Mm. Just good in rework, but like it's it's hard for me to get like four and a half, five. Like, you know, I don't drink much, so it's got to be real good. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. It's got to be real good. Unfortunately, uh, this next one is the main event for our uh, current day show. It's the men's war games match. Kevin Owens, Drew McIntyre, Butch, Ridge Holland, and Sheamus versus the Bloodline, uh, including Sami Zayn slash Sami Uso. Um, man, I, okay, I, I, it was just really, it, it was clunky. It was just really clunky. And to me, at this level, this type of match, um, to me, okay. The War Games matches are awesome and legendary, but to me, there has been one WWE War Games match that has been really good without blood. One. And that was uh, the Undisputed Era versus uh, Pat McAfee and his crew and NXT. That match was phenomenal. There was no blood, but it was a really good match. There weren't weapons in the ring. It was just a, a big cage match with, with everybody involved. Everybody worked really well. Everybody had their own little moments. They knew they had a sequence out perfectly to where they knew where to be at, at all moments. And it, it felt like in this match, it wasn't really this match to me, honestly felt like a lot of it was on the production team. Like it felt like the cameras were just on guys that were just hitting each other in the corner when there was other spots happening that you could kind of see in the background and just wasn't being shot. Like, I think this match might've been pretty decent if I was there. But, like, cameras were off the entire match. I mean, the whole thing. Like, there were a couple big spots, um, like the Roman Reigns, Owens, you know, showdown thing. And and the way the whole thing ended with Sami Zayn and the way it was booked was booked really well. The story the story that you're trying to continue was great. The end of the match was phenomenal. The post-match was great. All of that stuff was really good. The wrestling match itself was just not good. And it, it's because, like, 
when you have that setup, there has to be a certain level of violence. And there was never a sense of danger or violence, in my opinion. It was just kind of like we're mad and we're having a regular fight inside this cage, a regular wrestling match inside this cage. And it just didn't it, it it just didn't feel good. It didn't feel planned out well. It didn't feel laid out well. This was on the on the production team. This is on whoever was agenting the match. Again, like no one in this match is bad at wrestling except for Ridge Holland. And like there's there's no reason that that should have happened. You know what I mean? Like there's no reason for th- this level of talent to not be to have the company itself drop the ball in production and, and on both sides, like as the agents and as the visual. It just it, it really underwhelmed me. I, I went three and a half beers for the booking. Uh, but if I was just just uh, judging the even the work rate might have been great, but I couldn't see it. So three and a half is all I could give it. I, I don't know. Jesse, where are you at on it? Man, I <clears throat> so we have the same rating, but for different reasons. Um, I don't know that I hate the work rate. I, I like. I hate the booking, and the reason is, the only story going into this at all, the only story going into this, was internally on one side of the team. War Games is supposed to be a payoff of a bunch of people not liking a bunch of people. That's yeah. not what we had here. Right. This brawling brute shit, let's be honest. Who gives a shit? Yeah. And then Drew. Like Drew and came. Well, but I mean, I'm saying like against this. No. The biggest okay. story, the biggest story, honestly, was internally on the bloodline. It was Sammy yeah. and Jay. That was yeah. the biggest thing. And that says a lot for Sammy, but what it doesn't say a lot for is the main event war games payoff match, but like nobody else cares. Like in, I, I love Seamus. He's a great worker. I love Pete Dunn. I'm sorry, but fuck the butch thing. I don't care if the name suits him according to certain people. Like, my fiance who thinks that the name suits him, but I think so too. Wait. Yeah. You You're not, use a yeah. different word there. Oh yeah. News. The breaking we'll news. Here. But, but yeah, no, I, I think Butch is adorable. I think that I think it fits him. I think it suits him. I agree with your partner. Well, yeah. I, I mean, the the internal rumors about that is that it will eventually become like Butch in parentheses, kind of like Macho Man Randy Savage will be like Butch in parentheses, like Butch, Pete Dunn, which that's yeah, like Pete, ah, Butch Dunn. Work. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. Like some, that makes sense. One of those. Like, that's fine. Yeah. But yeah. right now sucks. The yeah. pairing of Drew sucks. The only thing from the opposing team that made any sense at all was Kevin Owens. And I feel like Kevin Owens is doing one of those things where he was injured and he worked through it in order to be able to be at the positive point in the company because he was clearly injured. And we're going to wind up with another situation where his career doesn't last as long as it should have. Yeah, that sucks. I did still give it a three and a half because I think everybody put all their like everyone put their all into the scenario. Everyone wanted to be a part of that clearly. But that was my highest rated match on this particular card. Right. It's three and a half. Yeah. So it was yep. just above average is my highest rating on this card. Yeah. It was uh it was less than a stellar show. Um 
I don't, I, I feel like we're in another situation now that we're done with that show that it's like, we're using these staple shows like a survivor series or a SummerSlam to just kind of further other angles as opposed to being big payoffs, even though you're using the scenarios, like they're going to be big payoffs and it doesn't really make sense. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, I mean, I feel like the, the, the weekly product of WWE is significantly better with triple H running the helm, but there's a, I mean, you can't, you can't undo that much that fast. And so it's like, um, I, 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 I'm, I'm anxious to see what, you know, this road to WrestleMania is going to look like. I'm really anxious to see what the Royal Rumble looks like. Um, but hopefully this was like the period on wrapping up the Vince storylines, um, and kind of just maybe we'll get something better. Well, I think that's uh, probably, some- they, I think that's why they skipped December. Yeah. 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 Premium yeah. live event isn't until Royal Rumble. Right. And Which I is think great. I think it's yeah. kind of to do a retool and figure out exactly where they want everything to sit. Yes. And I agree that that's probably very fucking smart, but also like you got to think about what they're going to do. And as much as any of us want to fantasy book, I, to me, probably the biggest thing is where's Cody. Yeah. Where does yeah. that fit in? I think that that's probably like, that is the primary change to, what happens with the WrestleMania main event moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. I really think it's, I think Cody's ready. I think it's more like a, what are we going to do with Cena? What are we going to do with Austin? Is rock available? Is he not? Once they have all those questions answered, then we'll know where they're going to put Cody. You know what I'm saying? I think this year is Austin and Sammy and next year is Sammy and Roman. Yeah, maybe, maybe that might be, I would love to see that. But the question now is, is rock going to wrestle at mania? And if no. it is, it's going to be against Roman. If he's not, then I think it's Cody. Um, if if Rock does wrestle, I think we have a Cody Rollins again. I think that that's you know that, I think that's the only other thing that you can do with him and keep him at a higher echelon. Um, but let's start, let's Rock, jump back over. I, I don't think Rock's mania. I don't think Rock's okay. mania. I'm just going to throw that out there. I don't think Rock's mania. Yeah, I mean, I think it's maybe even less than a coin toss, fifty-fifty. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, let's jump over here to one of the more nostalgic matches for me personally. Um, did you not want to hear how many beers I gave the match? Did do we not get you to get to you, Miss Jessica? I'm so sorry. What did you think about the main event here? So main event, uh, three moments for me that I will chug a beer over. Okay. Um, the first one being uh, I was laughing so hard at Roman sitting in the cage because he looked like he was sitting on a jailhouse toilet trying to take a shit the whole time. So that was funny for me. Um, a whole beer because Ridge Holland makes me very thirsty. Oh. He could hurt me. All right. I know he likes to hurt people. He could hurt me. Yeah. Um, the and then a whole so. chug a whole ass beer for uh, the hug that Sammy got at the end. Cause yeah, it was very sweet and I loved it. It was cozy. It was beautiful. Other than that, it was garbage. That. The it does bring too, me back that. to one other thing I do want to say about it. OG War Games. The actual fucking concept, which Kevin Owens was the only person who actually paid fucking tribute to. Let's just say that. But OG War Games, the two cages with the top to where nobody got to sit like Nikki Cross did for a fucking full minute. Like, the idea... Not only is the payoff, 
But it's that everybody's in there and they fucking hate each other. And there weren't cages on stage. There weren't people in character sitting in cages on stage. They were outside yeah. of that cage. They got to interact with the crowd and the yeah. and referees and other people. And that to me is the worst, biggest, most like absolute largest detriment to what they've done with war games and WWE. Yeah. You need yeah. to be able to have either keep them in the back or put them on the side of the cage. One of the two. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree with that. That makes sense. All right. Now let's jump over to the O2 show. Sorry about that, Ms. Jessica. Uh, let's keep okay. it going here. Um, it is a massively nostalgic um, match for me. Um, you can't be you know. going straight to the Elimination Chamber and skip the Chris Nowinski. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We did get the Chris Nowinski promo where he says uh, New York is stupid. Then V1 comes out and says they're losers. Now they're sloozers. Was it stoozers? Who cares? Yeah, it was it was terrible. Lupid. Um, lupid. lupid is what lupid. That's what it is. That's what Losers it was. Lupid. It was lupid. <laughs> then we got ham cubes come out there and clears the ring like a geriatric bodybuilder that he was at the time. But it was uh, the dude, with the agility of a boulder. That dude looked so bad. Like it was just awful. Ugh, God. But it was Scott his Snyder. Like, let's be honest, it was a huge pop. Oh, it was a massive pop, but it was terrible. It was a huge baby face pop. They didn't give a shit. They were just like, we know who this person is. Yeah, that's so true. Got I mean, it was in Matt Hardy version one. And they're like, yeah. OK, let's put two people out there to do this. And then now here's somebody who we actually know their name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense to me. Um, let's get into the match, though. It is the very first ever Elimination Chamber. I remember being hyped for it. The OG Chamber with the 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 gridded steel uh, on the outside and not just the padding that they have now, which is way lamer. Um, and it was a shorter Elimination Chamber than we have now. It was tall. It's taller now because they can actually just stand on the pods. They're not, like, crouched down. Um, but, yeah, man, I mean – I it started off strong. It's like Hunter and RVD. They had some really awesome exchanges. It's especially crazy when you realize now that like Triple H had crushed his larynx, like and like worked that way with a closed off yeah. group the rest of the match. Um, God, dude, that dude does not get enough flowers. Like as a pro wrestler, Triple H is just Jesus Christ. Like that dude has been in some amazing moments, and this was. This is it. The middle was wonky for sure. The match was not, it got, it didn't, you know, Kane, most of Kane's stuff was not good. Booker T did not look great in this match either. They didn't book him well. It just, Jericho looked a little petulant at this point. It was like they dropped the ball so bad from, from like WrestleMania 18 to this point with him. Like this is a big down drop for him. Uh, it just, it wasn't very good. Um, I will say, you know, when we finally got to the Triple H HBK ending, it was really good. I definitely made up for the middle ground to me. Um, I mean, if the middle ground had been good, I would have rated this a lot higher. Uh, but the open was great. The close was great. They both involved Triple H, arguably at his very best in the ring in 2002. Um, I still gave the, the match four beers, not for beer, not for like work rate, but for like just pure nostalgia. It's the last time Shawn Michaels ever wins a world title. And that's crazy to think that he wrestled for like almost 10 more years. And like, I mean, he wrestled literally eight more years and never won another world title after that. Like, that's crazy to me. But, um, yeah, arguably even was better in the ring that run than before in the nineties. But I digress either way. Um, yeah, I mean, great match nostalgia for me seeing triple H or seeing HBK, even though it was in the poop Brown, doo-doo Brown, teal blue, awful tights. 
Uh, still loved it. Gotta love HBK holding up the uh, the belt at the end of the the night with the confetti. I enjoyed that part of it. Miss Jessica, just so I don't hop you again, what did you think about this elimination chamber match? Um, very. Uh, when you were going through that, talking about the Dudu Brown tights, I just keep going in my head like, no Dudu Brown tights ever. Oh, yes. You know, like please never like. Oh, oh, it was rough. Um, I agree with you. Beautiful and really great uh, beginning. The middle, it was 40, almost 40 minutes long. Yeah. Cut the fat in the middle. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, that's a long time for big dudes like Kane or, you know, things like to last that long and to do that much. So, yeah. um, I, you know, you got to love HBK, though, even in those doo-doo brown yeah, yeah. Um, tight, but um, that prevents me from giving it four beers just because him and those brown pants are definitely um, my <laughs> demon under the bed when I can't sleep. I'm like, oh. Oh. so it's I I do three and a half beers for pure nostalgia, and it's something that still gets talked about today. So like you can't deny. Yeah. That and I mean, you know, the work getting your getting your shit like your throat crushed like that, and then just like keep going. I mean, like that's that's a beer all by itself. So I give it a strong three and a half. Strong three and a half. I like that. I'll take that. I'll accept it. Jesse, what do you think about it? Look, if anybody else made their return coming back and do do brown tights, nobody'd be st- talking about it twenty years later. That's just the truth. Like it. It, it's just one of those things. It's because it was Shawn Michaels. And yeah. uh, anyway, yeah. there's a fucking terrible entrance for Jericho. Yes. Terrible. With saliva playing music that was never Ugh. music live from the world. Yeah. And still get another saliva bump for fuck's sake. Fucking terrible. Like one of the yeah. worst things to sit through ever. The initial idea of the Elimination Chamber was dreamt up by a handful of people in the same hotel room in Nashville the night that they not only dreamt up but also aired the segment that they filmed, which was the Katie Vick thing. Yeah. So we're talking about being in the world of great ideas here. Yeah. We're talking about Triple H committing necrophilia, filming yeah. it airing it in Nashville to a live crowd. And we're like, what can we do next? We're yeah. winning. Yeah. <laughs> what a show. What a show. Uh, at, at some point in time, they said that it was produced by people in Nashville, but that's not true. It was actually built by people in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And that's where the chamber got shipped from. But people that didn't work on wrestling, they worked on other production things. So yeah. it was like a notoriously stiff, terrible ring. The thing that resonates with me the most is how many times people said bulletproof glass. Yeah. And you just toss motherfuckers through it. Yeah. Like, and then Sean like, like easily goes through it. Like you broke, yeah. you broke two pods. The smallest like, guy in the match easily <laughs> goes through it. Like come the fuck on, man. But I have to say what they were looking for is the same reason they did war games at survivor series this year. They were looking for a different match concept to redefine one of their pinnacle aspects of their year because the Survivor Series concept just wasn't working. So they consistently tried to change it up, and that's what they were trying to do. And I got to say, the Elimination Chamber obviously constantly evolved, constantly became something people cared about. 
it was a good idea and concept. They sold it. Uh, the whole situation there with the RVD. I mean, look, RVD ruined his career in this match. Yeah. He ruined how he was going to move forward in that company in this match and this yeah. match alone. Like, I know they put the title on him after this four years later, Five years later. Yeah. It, but it, it's, he ruined it in this match. And yeah. it like, that just is what it is. There are a ton of very fucking fantastic spots. I rated it way higher than you guys did. I gave it 5.25. Oh, wow. I do think that it was good for what it was supposed to do at the time. The only other weird little niche thing that I'll say, everyone in this match had long hair. If you look back at it, everyone in this match had long hair. Yeah, that's true. It's kind of nutty to look at back in, you know, before the days where Glenn Jacobs is the mayor of Knox County is an intimidating people over illegal use of a golf cart, which is news yeah. that happened to the, you know, I don't know. I saw it today, but yeah, back in the day, everybody just had long hair. They were all long haired wrestlers. All the long haired wrestlers, man. All the long haired wrestlers. I think overall though, if we have to grade this thing overall, I'm going to say that in this kayfabe comparison, uh, 2002's Survivor Series is the winner. Oh, there's I think no it's doubt. a better show, no doubt. Um, although there were some moments, like I'm not saying that it was a. I don't think that this, this most this most recent Survivor Series was a complete dud. Uh, there were some moments that were good, uh, but it just didn't live up to the the level of what Survivor Series is and should be. Um, yeah, man. What did uh, what you what you think, Jesse? For you, uh, which way did you go? 20, 2022 or two thousand two? There's absolutely zero comparison. 2002. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, Ms. Jessica, what do you think overall? Who won this KFA comparison? So I guess, like, I, I agree with the both of you as well. Because when you think of it, like, maybe it's because we've grown up loving wrestling and maybe it's rose-colored glasses, but, like, there was so much more action, so much more storyline, so much more it seemed like a cohesive like story and you knew who was a goodie and who was a baddie and like there you had just a clear idea of it's going to be intense there's going to be lots of pops there's going to be high flying moves and like when you think about 2022 it it feels very safe. It feels very stale. It feels long and drawn out. And it feels like there's too many cooks. Yeah. I think yeah, the women's sense. matches suffered from that mostly because it it seems like the hardcore division from the early 2000s. Where everybody was like, okay, let's just put everybody in the ring and make it seem like it's hyper-violent for no reason, with no storyline. And... Versus, here's our main storyline. And it, yeah. their main storyline suffering now as well. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Well, that's going to wrap up uh, the first kayfabe comparison OG style in a very, very long time. Um, overall, if you get a chance to watch one of these two shows, we would recommend Survivor Series 02. If you haven't watched it, it was a pretty good show overall. Uh, a couple ones you can skip. You can definitely skip that Victoria Trish match. Um, not much there. Um, other than that, it, the show is pretty good. I mean, even I the uh, watch the first two matches. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, for sure. And make your own judgment on the on the first elimination chamber. It wasn't a terrible match, and uh, it's always a feel good moment to see old HBK win his last ever title. Um, but that's going to take us into what we're going to do next week. And I'm excited about this one. We're doing another top five, getting back into the regular season five format. We're going to do top five wrestling documentaries of all time. I'm really excited about that one. It's going to be good. I had a full binder of the DVDs that WWF issued back in the day when the DVDs were a hot, hot market. Um, so a lot of those are going to make it onto the list. Um, and yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited about it. So, and the, who am I, uh, next week is going to be, since we were talking about O2, they did win here, uh, the short lived undisputed championship. Uh, we're going to just talk about who am I undisputed championship edition. Are we talking um, so that's straight be up like the first one, like the first like, version? Well, well, we'll say from the time they called it the undisputed title. So from Chris Jericho all the way through, uh, the brand split when, uh, right. triple H gets handed the world title. And uh, Brock's officially becomes the WWE championship. So, yeah, um, I'm excited about what we got brewing. Um, Ms. Jessica, thanks for joining us again. Do you have anything you'd like to plug? Where can people find you? Um, it, if Twitter doesn't go down to the bottom of the, you know, Internet ocean, you can always find me there at, at Peggy Hill Feet. Um, you could also search um, the American Cream Busty Roads, and I should pop up. Um, and then on Instagram, it's busty.shackleford. Love it. I love it. I'm excited about it. Mr. Spectacular Vernacular himself, Jesse Baker, where can people find you? Well, you can find me at asking one question that we didn't cover. What was it? What did we not cover? We never talked about full gear or anything else leading into that. And I'm curious as to what you guys think, if you've seen anything about the MJF, William Regal, so on and so forth. Because I think that is way more exciting than anything that we've talked about. Oh, yeah. yeah I forgot all about that. Yeah. I mean – um, I think that MJF is the best thing happening in professional wrestling today, period. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think that's debatable. Um, I think he's, uh, I mean, like, th- he's the most on fire individual wrestler, including Roman Reigns, in all of wrestling right now. Um, I will say he's that Full Gear. better than Roman. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, I don't know about that. But I mean, I, I think that he's hotter right now. Match. It's great. Yeah. I would love that's to see that match one day, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think Regal's, I, I mean, I think that they're writing him out. I think that he's going to be, his, you know, his deal's going to be up and he's going back to WWE. I think where there's smoke, there's fire. It makes more sense. He did a lot there. He's comfortable there. They're going to give him a massive payday, I'm sure. Um, I mean, I'm glad he had this AEW run. It was memorable. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't know. I think the rest of Full Gear was kind of okay. I think the um, you know the best of seven thing they're doing with the Elite and the Death Triangle was awesome. Like that's really good. The Bell to Bell stuff there is awesome. But um, yeah. yeah, that's that's that's. I mean, as far as AEW Full Gear for me, it was just kind of there. Um, I mean, I love seeing I don't really MJF. Care about Full Gear, I'm really just talking about MJF. Yeah, 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 yeah. Full Gear, Full Gear was what it was. MJF's great. Love it. It's the best thing I going think, today. I think the coolest thing about the MJF for me right now is that like. My Jewish friends, like, you know, 
me and my Hebrews are all kind of clamoring about it because, but like even Jews that don't watch wrestling are like talking about MJF and, and like they're, you know, I think it's really cool. Like to have, um, that kind of representation and for him to talk like candidly, you know, even in kayfabe, um, you know, in character about those kinds of struggles. Um, I like that he upgraded the belt with the Burberry. I think that's yeah. adorable. I still hate the scarf, but I'm, I'm digging the belt. Um, I can't wait to see what else happens with him. He's the best. And I, I don't care where he goes. I will follow him. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I think, I, I think, I think it was the smartest booking that anybody could have made to let him go out there and talk about it. And I don't think Tony Khan was responsible for it. I think MJF was responsible for it. Yeah. And it like, Oh no. I, I honest to goodness, I really do think that it really came down to MJF saying, I know I'm going to feud with Danielson. This is how. Yeah. And this is how it's going to matter. And it like he did the Danielson hemp fucking other thing from it. You yeah. Know? Like, I don't know. I like especially after Triple H posted videos of William Regal yelling war games over and over again. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I, I, I couldn't have seen anything smarter. So that's yeah. where I am. And that's where you can. Find yeah. Me. It makes sense. You and can also find, find me one night only. In Nashville, Tennessee, back again for the very first time in several months. At the end, and I would rather Daniel talk about it more than I do, but it's obviously at the end for the far between. Yeah. And et cetera. Yeah, I'm super excited about it. It is going to be December the 10th at the end. It is the Far Between's first headlining show. I'm really excited about it. we got some extra songs we're going to play that we've been working on. Um, we're actually doing a video this weekend for our first single that will probably drop after the first of the year, after the holidays, after we fine-tune everything. Um, so I'm really, really excited. we got some awesome bands on there as well, a band called Growler. Um, our buddy Josh is good friends with those guys. Um, and then they brought along a band that they're buddies with that I haven't uh, seen yet called Bon Me, and um, I'm really excited to see them. And then there's a band all the way from Australia. They're kind of got this industrial vibe. They're called Firebird. Uh, they're going to be there, um, and they're awesome. They're a really cool kind of Nine Inch Nails kind of vibey band. Um, it's a brother-sister duo. They're just a two-piece. It's a really cool vibe. Come check it out. December 10th at the end. Doors open at 7. Show starts at 8. $10 cover. 18 and up it's going to be incredible um i'm super excited about it i'm super excited about it you can always find me at daniel daybreak pretty much everywhere on the internet and uh, you can always find the show at kfabe.com on twitter and instagram we are at kfabe.com pod on tiktok and we're kfabe comparisons on facebook so all of the socials uh you can find us there but yeah that's gonna do it for us this week uh, we'll see you guys next week. We are out. Peace. Bye.